to see you today. Glad that you're here. Go ahead and turn in the Word of God to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you've worked with electronics at all, you'll understand the statement that I'm about to make. Satan is in the electronics. Can I get an amen? Yeah, and as the more we go, and, and we've been doing this for two years now in this building, uh, we had to tear that whole video wall down this week and replace it and do different things to it. So we just decided to go acoustical. And was that not good? Just even on the piano and leading us in worship? I mean, that was good. And then uh, they're, having, they're struggling right now. The video wall, if you notice, keeps blinking. Has nothing to do with what we did this week. Totally new problem. <laughs> so they asked me backstage. I said, what do we do? I told John, just shut it down. Okay, so no PowerPoint during this sermon. You're a a note taker, which I hope you do. You're going to have to pay closer attention than usual. We're not helping you out on the screen. Okay, we're going (laughs) to, I'm not going there. All right, we are in this series on gratitude. And what we've been looking at the last few weeks leading up to Thanksgiving is this thought, this, that we should have an attitude of gratitude every day of our life. The first uh, sermon that I brought to you on this was called Radical Gratitude. And, and what the main focus of that sermon was, that word radical. Because we tend to think of radical as fanatical. That if we say you're radical or I'm radical about something, we mean that we're out there on that. We're just crazy about it. And that's not what it means at all. The word radical, uh, the root word actually means to be deeply rooted in to have roots that go deep in. So to be, to be radical with gratitude, radical gratitude is to be deeply rooted in gratitude. And we talked about that the first week. And you can go to our website, listen to these podcasts if you need to catch up. Last week, uh, we took a thought in the scriptures that I wanted you to walk out with the sentence last week. And that was this. When grace flows in, gratitude fills up, and generosity flows out. We talked about how the grace of God, when we begin to just get a little glimpse, a little comprehension of the grace of God in our life, then that just fills up the gratitude. We're not as cynical. We're not as critical. We're not as hard, right? Gratitude fills up in our life when we really focus on the grace of God, that everything we have, every breath we take, every heartbeat, anything that is good in this life comes because of the grace of God. And when we really begin to grasp that, the gratitude fills up in our life. And when the gratitude fills up enough, it begins to overflow in our life to generosity. And that was the thought last week. This week, I want to talk to you about having gratitude during the bad times of life. Having gratitude during the bad times of life. Thanksgiving's coming up, and if you've lived any, any length of time at all, not throwing out years here, any length of time at all, then, then you understand that Thanksgiving can be a very difficult time for some people. Anybody in pain has a hard time being grateful. And holidays tend to bring about that with some people or anniversaries or things like that in our life. But we're leading up to Thanksgiving and being a thankful people and showing and having a life of gratitude. Uh, How do you be thankful during Thanksgiving when the doctor walked in a few weeks ago and gave you the C word and said you have cancer? How do you be thankful for that? How do you be thankful when the person that you love the most in this world has walked in in the last few months and said, I'm done. I'm done with this relationship. I'm leaving. I don't love you anymore. I'm out. How do you show gratitude 
When you have a chronic illness and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying for healing and for God to intervene and, and it just doesn't seem like he's healing you from that chronic illness and you're tired and you're hurting and, or someone you know is in that position, how are you grateful during those, those times? How do you have gratitude this Thanksgiving when, when you're just struggling to get by? Don't even know if you can actually buy a Thanksgiving meal or provide a meal for Thanksgiving like everybody else is doing. How do you be thankful when your dream is collapsed? How do you be thankful when it seems every day is a struggle and life is just not getting better? Having gratitude during the bad times. How do you have gratitude during those times? Now notice I'm not asking, right, how you have gratitude during the good times. Uh, We know how to do that. I think we struggle more with how do we have it during the bad times, having gratitude during, during those times. Now, some of you might be asking or thinking, should I even be grateful during those times? The answer is yes, it is. And here's why. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Because the word of God says, in everything give thanks. In everything Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, this letter to the Thessalonians is the first one, 1 Thessalonians. God used the Apostle Paul to write this to these believers that lived in Thessalonica. And the theme of this letter is Christ's return. That's the theme of this letter. But we're in the last chapter of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm reading one verse here. So we've got to make sure we have the context of what's happening. Chapter 5 uh, switches gears a little bit from Christ's return to how to walk the life of a believer while we're here. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, uh, chapter 5 is the model life, how we as believers are to live. And if you look at uh, verse, uh, I think, 15 there, or 16, it says, pray without ceasing, and then rejoice always. Right? And we get to 18. In everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Now the key to this verse right here. In this context, it's that little word, in. It's a small word. It's two letters, I-N. In. This scripture does not say give thanks for all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for everything in your life. The bad times. It says in everything give thanks. What does that mean? Well, for you grammar people, right, that word in is a primary preposition denoting a position. It means positionally fixed. That word in means that that I am fixed in something, unmovable. And that's what that word, that's the weight that that word holds there. Our primary position as a believer in Jesus Christ is in Christ Jesus. As, a, as someone who's accepted him as my Savior, my position is in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. That's where I am. I am in Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that and grab a hold of that to get to where we want to go today because if we don't understand who we are in Christ, then we will never the mo- or model the life that Christ wants us to live. And glorifying him. Because we're in Christ, we can give thanks for everything. Now, God doesn't expect us, and hear me on this, to be grateful for everything because there's a lot of bad that happens in life. 
No doubt about it. I mean, just folks, it would be stupid to be grateful for the havoc that sin causes and the suffering that's out there today. That would just be dumb. You agree with that? It would be, it would be crazy, craziness to teach that, that we should be grateful when someone gets leukemia or diagnosed with lupus or, hey, somebody's got cancer. Well, we'll be grateful you know, for that. That doesn't make sense, really. So that's not what the scripture teaches. We're not to be grateful for an abusive relationship or for worlds, uh, wars around the world. We're not to be grateful when there's injustice in the world. That's not what the scripture is teaching here in 1 Thessalonians. We have to understand that word in. We are to be grateful for who we are in Christ, not for the bad times in our life. Because even in the darkest times, even in the worst periods of desperation, even when our lives are totally falling apart, there's always some good things that we can be thankful for. Maybe not the situation and the circumstance. Well, certainly not. But there's things we can be thankful for. So again, I'm going to ask, how do we have gratitude during the bad times of life? And we all have them. You walk in here today, maybe you're hurting. You need a word from God. You need some encouragement. You need to be uplifted. You need to be uh, encouraged, right? I don't know, but I know this. I don't know what your need is specifically, but I know this. God does know. And he's put this on my heart and this series on our heart, how we're to live lives of gratitude towards him. But so many times we don't know how to. We want to, but we don't know how. So how do we have gratitude during the bad times of life? Well, we look for the things we can be thankful for. Well, what are those? Well, I'm going to give you five today, so write these down. How can I have gratitude during the bad times of life? One, I can remember the grace that God has shown me. I can remember the grace that God has shown me. So again, we're back to this, <laughs> this subject of grace. Covered it last week, covered it again this week. Because you can't separate gratitude and grace. You can't do it. They go together. It's a package deal. What is grace? Grace is when God gives me what I need, not what I deserve. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. Grace is God's unconditional love that is poured out on me. I don't deserve it and I don't earn it. Now don't miss that word unconditional. You're here today and you're saying, Robbie, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the sin I've done in my life. You don't know the people I have hurt. You're right. I don't, and God does because he's God, and I stand here today to tell you he absolutely loves you right where you are, and it's an unconditional love because that's God's grace. Everything in our life is a gift of God. The air we're breathing right now is a gift of God. Anybody here own the air we're breathing? Raise your hand. I want to see it. If you own the air, we're breathing. No? Liar, liar, liar. Okay? I'm just letting you know. We'll have an altar time in just a minute. Okay? We didn't buy it. We didn't create the air we're breathing. We didn't design it. We didn't come up with the idea. Every breath we take is by the grace of God. Now, I assume, <laughs> I know that gets me in trouble, that everybody's heart is beating here today. Is that a pretty good assumption right now? Every beat of our heart comes by the grace of God. 
We don't make it work. We didn't design it. We don't know how long it's going to work. We don't know when it's going to quit. Every beat, why don't you think about that? There's a beat. There's another beat. There's a beat. If I asked some of y'all to come up here and speak today, it'd be, there's a beat, 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 right? (laughs) Every beat of the heart is by the grace of God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, right? Everything in our lives we owe to God, even our own life. He gave us our minds. He gave us our sight. He gives us our hearing. He, he gave us our voice. Everything in our lives is a gift to God. And if God hadn't decided to create and love us, then we would not exist. Everything about that? If God didn't create you to love you, to have a relationship with you, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. How can I be grateful during the bad times of life? I can always, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, I can always be grateful for the grace of God that he's shown to me. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. It goes on to say, you know, not of works, lest any one of us should boast. Right? God just pours out his grace on us. We cannot earn his grace. We don't earn our way to heaven. We don't work our way to heaven. We don't work into the good graces of God per se. He just pours his grace out on us. If we were to get what we deserve in life for our rebellion against God, for trying to be God, for playing God, for thinking we know more than God, for, for you know, basically, have you ever done this? you ever not read the word of God and lived life? Anybody else done that? You know what we're doing there? We're saying, I don't need God. I don't need his instruction. I don't need the creator's input in my life. I don't want to know how I'm supposed to live according to him. I'm going to do it my way because I know more than God knows. Ever been there? This past week? How much did you read it? Study it. Spend time in it. I don't need God's input in my life. (laughs) Every time we play God or think we're God or rise above that, we forget the grace of God and we really focus on things in life. If we were to get what we deserve, folks, we'd be, as the scripture says, most men most miserable. In everything, give thanks. In everything, in who we are in Christ Jesus, we are to give thanks. And one of the ways we can do that, no matter what's happening in our life, is to remember the grace of God. Remember what God has done for us. The second thing is, is, our second way to remember is this. I remember the plans that God has for me. Now, there's a lot of people, they ask us, what's God's will for my life? Have you ever asked somebody that? Has anybody ever asked you, hey, help me, I don't know what God's will. I don't know who I'm supposed to marry. I don't know where I'm supposed to go to college. I don't know which job to take. I don't know if we're supposed to move or stay, right? You ever had that thought? What is God's will for my life? What's the second part of our text say? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, right? So I can tell you today, I'm standing here telling you, I know part of God's will for every one of our lives. And that is this, that we are grateful during the bad times of life, because we give thanks in everything. That is God's will. That we remember who we are in Christ, and we're giving thanks for everything, because God has some great plans for us. I mean, it's very obvious that life is not always good. Can I get an amen? 
Yeah, no doubt. A lot of things that happen in life are bad. They're painful. They're difficult. Life is tough. Life's not all sunshine and lollipops and roses and rainbows and my little pony and rainbow bright, right? I mean, that's just that's not life. That's just not how it is. Life hurts at times. And yet, although life is not always good, God is always good. And God's plan for our life is always great. When we moved back to Artesia in 2008... I had this idea, I had this plan that we were going to reconnect. I was going to get to reconnect with my parents. We had lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for over 20 years, and we would come back once a year and visit, and, you know, everybody did okay, and we got tired of each other. We went back to Dallas, right? And, and they lived, we went about another year, and we came and visited again. Y'all are about to go through that as a family, Thanksgiving, Christmas, so uh, you know what I'm talking about. But then we were going to move back, and I had this thought, I'm going to get to reconnect with my parents, not just come and visit. I'm going to get to live daily life with them. I'm going to get to know them again. We're going to get to know my kids really well and, and us, Jill and I. You know, I, mean, I had this thought, this idea that we're going to get to have this reconnection. And after we got settled in in 2008, in early 2009, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And so from January to July, we went through that journey together. The, no, I'm not going to take chemo. I've seen people take it. I don't want my last days to be like that. To, okay, I'm going to fight for life. I'm going to take chemo. I'm going to do these things, right? Walk through all that. The doctor's visits, the chemo visits, the, with dad too, dad going through it. And that was not my idea of how I was going to reconnect with my parents. It was not my plan. But I have to believe that God can bring some good out of that. Otherwise, I focus on that, I and mean, I get really cynical. I could get really critical about life. I could get really harsh and mad towards God. But you know what? You know what allowed me to focus on and be grateful for some things during that time? Was I knew that God had some great plans. I didn't understand it, didn't like it. But I didn't focus on that. I focused on the fact that God could bring some good out of that. And He has. Now, you might be thinking, not everything that happens in my life feels good. I know. Right? None of us are immune to pain in life. Please understand that not everything that happens in your life, you ready? This is deep. Some of you argue with me on it. Not everything that happens in your life is God-planned. Not everything that happens in your life is God-planned. Don't blame God for your sin and the consequences of your sin. Don't blame God for the sin in this world. He created a perfect world, dropped two people in it, and they sinned against him, and they passed that on down to us, and every one of us sins against the holy God, and we want to blame him for it. He created a perfect world. There's cancer in this world because of sin. There's sickness in this world because of sin. God allows it, but he did not plan it. And there's so many believers in Christ that are holding a grudge against God. And there's no way you're going to be grateful during the bad times with that kind of grudge in your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this from God. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Some people believe they worship a God who causes all their suffering. I want you to know that I worship a God who bears all my suffering. 
Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 56 are very clear that, that because of sin in this world, we're all going to suffer at times. We're going to go through dark periods and painful times. But my God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you during those times. My Jesus said in his own words in the New Testament, bring all that to me. Bring your burdens to me. I will take them from you. My God doesn't cause them. My God walks through them with me. How about yours? The big difference. We have a God who doesn't watch our suffering callously. He loves us so much that he understands the suffering and he walks through it with us and comforts us through it. Boy, I can be grateful for that, can't I? His plans. Romans 8, 28, very familiar verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Really break that down. It means this. God can bring good out of all the bad in our life. We just have to look for it. Not focus on the bad. Be grateful that he can bring good out of it. So I know that no matter what I go through, I will give my broken pieces to God. God's going to bring some good out of it. He loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. And then he blesses the whole world by it. Have you ever thought how God may want to use your pain and your suffering and what you're going through for his honor and his glory? To bless someone else through it? Have you thought about that? How can you be grateful during the bad times? Remember the grace of God. And remember the plans that he has for you. And then thirdly, remember... God's promise never to leave us. I already said it in Hebrews 13, 5. God has said he'll never leave us or forsake us. God will not abandon us. But here's the wonderful part of that scripture. The scripture isn't there to coerce us into staying out of trouble, right? It's not there so that we don't get into trouble. God knows us. It's there so when we get into trouble, he will be there with us and for us and not forsake us in that trouble. When that happens, God's always with us. I love this. There's no fine print there, right? Sometimes we will read the verse and go, where's the catch, right? God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What's the hook here, God? What do I have to do? Where is that? Again, that's based on us now. That's our mindset, and that's not God's mindset. God will never leave us or forsake us, period, ever. There's no fine print. Horatio Spafford wrote a song that I think everyone here has heard and probably sung. The title of the song is, It Is Well With My Soul. How many of you know that song? Yeah, most of us here. Most of you know this story, but it fits right in here very, very well. Where did the song come from? When did Spafford write it? When did he pin it? Why did he write it? Well, in 1871, Spafford lost everything he had in the great Chicago fire. He was a lawyer, and he made good money, but he took all the money that he made, and he invested it in real estate. And then they had the great Chicago fire, and it took everything. It burned everything he had. And for a couple of years, he tried to rebuild after that, and he just couldn't. So he decided to move to Europe. And Spafford had a wife and four daughters. And so he booked them passage on a ship. And when it came close to leaving for all of them to pack up and leave Chicago, he had a business deal he had to take care of. So he put his wife and his four little girls on that ship and said, I'll catch another one. I'll meet you in Europe. And the next communication he had was from his wife. And it was a telegram. Two words. 
on that telegram. Spafford broke down after he, he read it. Because all it said was, say, from his wife, it said, saved alone. The ship they were on had collided with another ship, and it sank. And only his wife survived. His four daughters perished. The news came to Spafford. He got on the next ship as soon as he could. And history records for us that when he got about to the place that he knew that that ship went down that was carrying his little girls, God spoke to him, and he wrote that famous hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. The first verse says this, When peace like a river. Now, wait a minute. My four little girls are gone. When peace, how do you have peace during that time? When peace like a river, when peace flows through. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows row. Where is he? He's on a ship. He's rolling with those waves. When sea billows row. When sorrow comes time after time after time. They never stop. The sea just keeps billowing. The waves keep coming. When sorrow like sea billows row. Whatever my lot Spafford said, Lord, whatever you bring my way, whatever happens in this life, whatever's out of my control, whatever life throws at me, whatever bad times come my way, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. Who's taught him to say? God has. Whatever my lot, you, Lord, have taught me to say. What's he taught him to say? It is well. It is well with my soul. I don't like the circumstance. I'm not to be happy and rejoicing for the circumstance, for the situation. Spafford drew his peace in his soul from who he was in Christ. In everything, give Thanks. How can a man have gratitude for such, such tragic events? He clings to the promise that God will never leave him or forsake him. He was grateful in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 43 2 says this When you pass through the waters, that sound familiar? I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Now, I'm not sure what deep waters you've gone through this year. I'm not sure what fires you felt have consumed you. My hunch is, in a room this size with the people here, uh, there's been a lot of loss this year. There's been a lot of hurt this year. There's been a lot of difficult times this year, just in the presence of those here today. That's just, I know life, right? Maybe there's a husband or a wife or a mother or a father or a friend or a coworker that you Loved and they walked out on you, or you loved and that, that relationship was fractured this, this year. You felt abandoned. You felt alone. Maybe you've gone through stuff as a family where you feel like, God, are you really with us? God, are you here for us? I don't know. And, and I want you to know this, that, that God is here for you and he loves you and it's unconditional and his grace is present and he has a great plan for you and he has not left you or forsaken you. That's what God wants you to hear today. No matter what happens in our lives, we can always be grateful to God 
for the grace, for the plans, and that he's here for us. And then the changes that he's making. (laughs) I can always be grateful for the changes God's making in me. How about you? I mean, it's good news to me. No matter what I go through, God will use that to change me for the better. That's what he does. Romans 5 says this. And not only that, but we also glory in the tribulation. What? I glory in the tribulation. I glory in the bad times. I glory in that. Because of the bad time? No, because it goes on to say, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. God, I need some hope in these bad times. I need some hope in these difficult times. Well, tribulation brings perseverance. Then perseverance builds that godly character. And that godly character leads to hope. It's a process. Hmm. I have a true confession this morning. I was trying to get out of it just then, and the Holy Spirit saying, no, you got to say it. So, I'm not all that I should be. Now, I know that surprises nobody here. I'm not all that I should be. I'm not all that I can be. But thank God that he's changing me. See, here's the thing. If you don't like me right now, just hang on, okay? I'm a work in progress. Maybe it'll get better. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but, you know, I don't know. I can tell you this, though. I am growing in my relationship with Christ and with God and who I am in Christ. And by the grace of God, I can say three things, and you can say these three things with me. By the grace of God, I am not what I used to be. Amen? I meant you, not me. (laughs) By the grace of God, we are not what we used to be. And by the grace of God... We are what we are today. And by the grace of God, I'm not what I'm going to be. Amen? Because he's working in us. And then lastly today, how can I be grateful during the bad times of life? Folks, (laughs) I'm so grateful for the home that God has prepared for me. Oh, my gosh. We were able to. Uh, celebrate two memorials this week. Uh, Brother Larry Dean's father, a uh, great godly man, went home to be with Jesus. That's a great thing, okay? And I'm not going to go to the other way, but that's a great thing. Brother Ed LaRue lived, lived well, lived a life well, and, and we celebrated his home going. And, and uh, you know, that's life, and that happens, and that's just uh, things we do here. And no matter what happens, we can be thankful because God has prepared a place for those who have put their faith and trust in Christ. Jesus said in John 14, you ready? He, he was very clear. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Right? Don't focus on the bad times. Don't focus on this sin-infested world. You know, we can be grateful for the grace of God and for the plans he has for us, that he hasn't left us or forsaken us, that he's always here for us, right? And that he, we're still a work in progress, but also because of this. No matter how bad this life gets as a believer in Christ, in Christ, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, right? I go to prepare a place for you. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you, right? (laughs) I'm so excited about that. Because sometimes I don't like this place we live. I said sometimes because I'm just like you. Sometimes I get caught up in it and I'm thinking, as an American, life's pretty good. And that's shameful on me. I get it. 
But he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Can we not be grateful for that? Every day of our life. And how many times do we forget that? We get focused on the negative. We get focused on the circumstance. We get focused on the sin. We get focused on other people. When the Son of God has prepared a place for believers, for his kids. That's pretty cool. That's an incredible, incredible promise. And whenever I read that Jesus has prepared a place for me, realizing that God wanted me in his family, and the Bible calls the church his bride, and he's preparing a place, <laughs> you know what it makes me think? Holy guacamole. Because I really like guacamole. How about you? I, I'm seriously, that's why I think, oh my gosh. Holy guacamole. God, Jesus prepared a place for me in heaven? And I get to go there based on him, not on me? Holy guacamole, Batman. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul wrote this. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oh. If you have not settled the issue right now, I want you to do so today. If you're sitting here today and you're going, I want in on this. Well, the way you get in on this is to become in Christ Jesus. The Son of God came, lived a sinless life, died on that cross for our sins, rose again from the dead, conquered death, hell, and the grave so that we would put our faith and trust in him and be saved from our sin. If you've never done that, that's what you need to do today to get in on this. If you've done that in your life, then we as believers, oh, how do we show gratitude during the bad times of life? Folks, we focus on the grace of God. Oh my gosh. We remember the plans he has for us and they're great plans. We we remember that God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we also focus on the very, very fact that God has prepared a place for us, and it's a great place. And none of this junk we're facing today is there. It's all gone. It's all passed away. Can we be grateful for those things? Absolutely. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Would you bow your head with me, please? I just want to give us a time here today, every one of us here, to tell God how grateful we are to him. And to ask him to help us to live a radical life of gratitude towards him, rooted in his love. Remembering that as grace has flowed into our life, our gratitude fills up and the generosity flows out. It just flows out of us. And how do we do that during the bad times? We remember the grace. Remember his love. Remember his plans. Remember he's here with us. And all this is going to pass away. So I just want everyone here today just to tell God, that you're thankful and grateful and you want to live a life this coming week that's a life of thanksgiving for him. Would you do that right now? Just talk to God.
Heavenly Father, we come today recognizing who we are in Christ. That you have bought us with the price and the price of your son and the faith that we have put in him as our savior. And as your children, as your people, we need to be a people who give thanks in everything because of who we are in Christ. So I pray for those that are hurting here today. They walked in, they're carrying a burden and it's heavy. It's weighing them down and they're tired. And they're struggling. And part of it's because they're carrying it themselves. Part of it's because they're fighting against who they are in you. They rationalize it. They're justifying it in their mind instead of just resting in Christ Jesus, in our position in Christ. So God, I pray we would lay those burdens at your feet, that we would take you up at your word when you said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. And that we as your followers, your children, believers, <laughs> that we would grow to that level of maturity, that we would continue to be that work in progress, not who we want to be one day necessarily, but who you're going to create us into, that we give thanks in everything because that is your will for our life. So God, not just for this morning, may we be a people of gratitude, radical gratitude, rooted in your love, rooted in your grace, and let it flow out of us that people around us, <laughs> they just want in on it. So God, thank you for what you're doing in our life, and thank you for what you're going to do. We praise you, we love you, and we're grateful for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.